0: Well, there's a lady, she, she's going through the Houston airport, rushing to get to her gate. She has just enough time to stop, get some chips. She, she gets to the gate. They haven't started boarding yet. So she sets her stuff down on the seat next to her, and, and she uh, begins to just kind of breathe a little bit before she has to get on to the plane. And so she starts eating her chips, and she kind of thinks that she sees out of the corner of her eye that, that the guy sitting next to her has reached into her chip bag. She's like, what is going on? So she, she's kind of watching, and, and sure enough, he he reaches in and grabs another chip and eats it. And she kind of looks at him like, fool, what are you doing? Right? And, and he just kind of smiles. He's got headphones on and, and keeps going. Well, she reaches in and grabs a few more chips and, and eats those. And, and then he reaches in again and eats another chip. She's like, this guy, I don't even, you know, I'm at the airport, this is happening. And then they get down to the last chip, and he holds the bag up like, hey, you want it, right? She's like, it's my chips. Of course I want this. All right, come on. And so she eats it, feels justified, right? And they say, hey, everybody board the plane. So she picks up her purse, and as she picks up her purse, she notices inside of her purse is her unopened bag of chips, and this whole time, she's judging this guy because he's eating her chips when she was eating his chips, right? And here he is smiling. He even gave her the last chip. Have you ever judged poorly, right? We all have. I, I, God's given us the ability to make judgments, right? We have five senses, we've got gut feelings that that help us realize, hey, we can deal with situations, kind of make some quick decisions, but sometimes we make decisions that aren't very smart. Have you ever done this before? I've done this, where I'm walking in the store and I see somebody talking to themselves, I'm like, they're crazy. And then you realize they have earbuds in, right? And they're like, oh, it's okay, they're just using science to talk to people on the phone. There we go, right? Uh, or, or you maybe uh, you see somebody that, that's homeless, and you think to yourself, well, they're poor decisions. They got them there. They're maybe addicted to something, and we're making these quick judgments without knowing any kind of backstory at all about that person. Or, or maybe uh, you see somebody who uh, seems like they you know, are really put together, and you just automatically think to yourself, oh, everything must be just going great for them. You know, they're just, you know, they, they got the nice car, they, they look good, you know, the, the you know, 2.5 kids and a dog, you know, whatever. They just have a perfect little life. And we just start jumping to these conclusions. How about this? You, you write a text message to somebody, and you really thought out this message, and they respond with K, Right? Like, some of you, like, right away, you're like, I can't stand it. you got to spell this out, not just give me, like, an okay. And you start wondering, are they mad at me? Did I, did I text something wrong? Like, what's going on here? We can jump to judgment so quick. And sometimes we don't just keep it to ourselves. Sometimes we want to let people know about what we think, right? And this is where we can begin to get ourselves into trouble, where we can begin to to start to be known as judgmental, right? Uh, Unfortunately, sometimes when people are asked, hey, what do you think of Christians? The answer that comes back is not, oh, they're loving. They're so generous. One of the things that comes out is they're judgmental. And I don't want that to be true of us. And what happens is uh, we take these gifts that God's given us in order to make decisions, but then we also take a sin nature and we marry those two together. And then all of a sudden, sometimes judging comes out. And we start being more vocal about the things that we don't like than worrying about the things that really matter in this world. Uh, I love this quote from William Barclay that I saw this past week. He said this, The world is full of people who claim the right to be extremely vocal in criticism and totally exempt in action. Right? It's so easy to be just vocal in our criticism, but then not really have any plan at all to take action on the thing that we are being critical about. And I hope that today, after our message, uh, that that we will all be in a place where we're saying, you know what, I'm not going to just be vocal about my criticism. One, we're going to start to kind of watch what we're critical about. But two, that we would say, if I'm ever going to be vocal about my criticism, it's because I'm ready to take the right action with the judgment that God has laid on my heart. But we start getting into this topic like, is it even right to judge? What, like, what should we do? Like, what does the Bible say about this? So we're going to get to dig into all of this today. But first, uh, I want to uh, start off by just praying. But before we pray, I want to read to you this uh, verse from Psalm chapter 119, verse 66. And I love this psalm as we begin this conversation today, because I want to have the same almost like prayer that the psalmist is having. He says this, "'Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I trust your commands.'" Teach me knowledge and good judgment, for I trust your commands. I I hope that that we have uh, just knowledge and good judgment as we leave today. Let's pray. Father God, uh, you are our king. God, you have all information, and and Lord, you are in complete control. God, we ask that today, as we dive into your word, that you would teach us knowledge and good judgment. Lord, we want to know all your commands, and we want to uh, try to follow after them. So God, it's in your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray, uh, amen. All right, so judging is something that is just so common for us, and Jesus actually uh, talked about judging in uh, Matthew chapter 7, and that's going to be uh, the scripture that we're kind of camping out in this morning, if you want to turn there. But Matthew chapter 7, uh, Jesus is in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount, the, this long sermon that, that he's giving, the longest sermon that we have recorded. When you read it, you're like, it's just three chapters. Come on, I wish my preacher would preach like that, right? And 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 so... But he's preaching here and he's talking to his disciples, but there's a group of people as well. And it seems like they're probably listening in on this conversation as well. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we know that was very common in the day was that there was religious leaders and these religious leaders were really strict about follow all the rules. Keep to these standards. And they, it seemed like their job, more than telling people about God, sometimes felt like their job was, let me tell you all the rules so that you can follow them, and let me judge you when you don't follow the right rules. And so part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount to his disciples, but then also other people listening, is talking about judging. And so let's look at what he says in Matthew chapter 7. He says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So as we start off with that, that verse, you, you've probably heard those couple of verses before. And, and when Jesus is starting off with this in his topic of judging, it sounds like right away like, all right, the answer is that we don't judge. But Jesus is not saying that here. And he's not saying that because we get to see the next part, which we'll dive into. Uh, what he's calling us to do is really measure our judgment. Measure the way that we judge. He says, hey, if you judge, get ready, because you're going to be judged in a similar way. He's, he's calling us to, to kind of pause and be cautious. Even four verses from now, we will see that Jesus gives judgment. He says this, he says, don't give dogs what is sacred or throw your pearls to the pigs. He's talking about people, not animals in that, right? He's casting judgment and and he's talking to people and they would know who he's talking about as well. So even in scripture, we see that that God calls us to judge, but we've got to do it the right way. And so Jesus begins to, to tell a story that I think that we're going to learn, man, what's the right way for us to judge? in a good way that's going to be helpful. Not where we're just, uh, you know, casting out, casting out all this criticism, but not wanting to take any type of action at all. So let's look at what Jesus says here. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5. He says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck of sawdust out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So... uh you know, when we read this in our English translation, it doesn't sound too funny. You're like, all right, he's talking about sawdust and a plank of wood. But when Jesus' hearers would have listened to this, this would have been funny to them, right? Like uh, Jesus, sometimes we think about him like he's all buttoned up and like he, he never like made people laugh or anything. Like, but people would have been laughing in this moment. He's talking about a guy who's, who's looking at just this speck in somebody's eye, but he's got a giant piece of wood coming out of his face, right? He's like, hey, let me get that out of your eye. And Jesus is like, listen, you're trying to help somebody with a small issue, and you've got this giant plank in your eye. Like, what, what are you doing? And how this translates into our judging, right, is so often we want to nitpick at people's problems, all right, We want to point things out that are wrong that other people are doing without ever pausing to look at what's going on in our lives. And so I, I want to walk us through three steps today that I think if we do these three steps, you're going to find yourself judging correctly. And, and Jesus' story here begins to line this out for us on how we can judge correctly. And so with this first, right, he says this. He says, Take the plank out of your own eye first. And so uh, what we're looking at first is that step number one is that we need to check ourselves. Right? We need to take care of what's going on with us. Now, there's three ways that I want you to really begin to examine your own heart as you have judging thoughts come into your mind. Okay? So it's not as simple as like, all right, I'm just plucking this out. Here are the three things that I would encourage you to do as you kind of check yourself is this. Is first, when you have this judgmental thought come into your head about someone, number one, you need to ask yourself this question. Is this a sin I struggle with? Is this a sin I struggle with? So often, we see things in other people because it's something that we actually struggle with ourselves. So whenever that's something like, right, when you're on the road and and somebody uh, is, is driving like a maniac and you're like, oh my word, I can't believe they would drive that fast on this frontage road. What's going on, right? And you're like, wait, maybe I drive a little too fast sometimes. That may not always be the case, but I, I, I want us to consider whenever we are seeing something in somebody else, like, oh, can you believe how much they gossip? Can, do you know how they talk or how they drink or how they dress or how they... Stop and think, is that me? Is that a sin that I struggle with that I'm projecting on somebody else? And God might say, hey, I know you want to point something out, nitpick at somebody else, but I want to work on your heart right now. So as we're checking ourselves, what are we doing? We're, we're, we're seeing, all right, what is, is it a sin that I struggle with? The number two thing is this. Is this a criticism that's hateful or helpful? Is this a criticism that's hateful or helpful? So often the things that our minds jump to when it comes to judging it is not anything that should ever be shared, written, typed, anything like that. And the things that come into our minds sometimes, we shouldn't give any more time than what we can. We want to get it out of there as quick as possible because what you can realize in a lot of the judging that we do is it, it's just things that don't help anybody, but it's just hurtful. And if it's something that's hurtful, we can't let that live inside of us. So as we're checking ourselves, as we're checking our heart, and, and we come to this conclusion, right, that, that this word that we're going to say, it's just going to be vocal criticism that we're throwing out there, or that we're thinking, then we need to do something about that. I, I love what Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says. Right, The the second half of this verse when it says, take every thought captive for Christ. Because we've got to do this more often, especially when it comes to uh, the judgments that flow into our heads. When, When we feel something come in and we're like, man, that's not right. Like I'm basing that off of no facts, no history, and I'm just running with that. We've got to say, wait, wait, this is hateful, not helpful. And we take that thought captive. One of the things that I do often as I feel things come into my head is is I have this conversation with with Jesus and I say, Jesus, I rebuke that thought that I have. I literally use that word, like, Jesus, I rebuke that. Like, would you help to remove that from my mind? Like, that's not the type of person I want to be. That's not what I I want to to think. Because we need to be in the business of saying, I'm going to take every thought captive. So what do we do, right? We're checking ourselves. We're checking, is it a sin that I struggle with myself? Is it a a thought that I need to take captive? But then also in that same first point of of check ourselves is is this. We need to say, is this an area that I've failed in the past in? Now, this is different than saying, is this a sin that I struggle with? It, It can kind of fall in the same one, but here's what I mean by it. Sometimes when we see something in somebody else, and we want to start judging them about it, it's us thinking, oh, I'm self-righteous, and I'm good, and they're bad. But when we start to realize, you know what? Like, I struggle with similar things. It may not even be the exact same sin, but when you can see in yourself that you're not perfect, that you do wrong, all of a sudden it begins to change our focus. And we're not standing up like, oh, look how great I am. Let me take that sawdust out of your eye now. No, it's saying, man, I've got problems, and you've got problems, and together we're gonna, I want to work at this and help you with it. right? We move from self-righteous to empathetic. And I love to do this side of it because it, when I see things and I make judgments, it's so easy to come at it like, I want to fix this. Other guys in the room, you might struggle with this. Girls in the room, you may have this side of you as well where you're like, I'm going to fix it. Maybe you need to fix you first, right? You need to slow down and say, hey, I've struggled with this as well. And so we check ourselves first, right? We get that plank out of our eye, but we don't want to move quick, quickly to, all right, now I get to pull the sawdust out of somebody else's eye. This is what I've been waiting for, right? No, there's another step in between, and that step in between is this. Number two is see the person, not the sin. See the person, not the sin. So often what we want to do is, is we just want to see the problem, point out the problem, let them know about the problem, and hopefully they'll fix the problem. And it's all about that issue rather than really seeing the person. Because we're not wanting to, to work on just fixing problems. We're wanting to love people. And this is how Christians have got it wrong, right? We just want to point out all the things. And instead of saying, I love you, and build a relationship first. I I remember hearing this story from a preacher. He was young in his ministry, and he was preaching at at a small church that really didn't have visitors very often. And this this small church, they... um, the secretary came up to him one morning and said, hey, we're going to have a visitor, preacher. We're going to have a visitor. He's like, how, how do you know we're going to have a visitor? And she's like, because I just got off the phone with her. And she said that she asked for directions. gave like, her directions and she's coming here. And so they're all excited. Right? And sure enough, a, a car pulls in and she gets out of her car. And as soon as she gets out of her car and, and she's doing the walk-in, it, it looks as if she's almost slept in her clothes or maybe not slept at all. Right? She, she, she doesn't look like she has um, prepared very well for church. And in, and in fact, uh, she is kind of wearing something that is a little skimpy. And uh, they're just like, but they're still excited, like she's coming in. But then one of the elders of the church greet her at the door as he lets her in. And she, he says, young lady, uh, you know, this is God's house. And at God's house, we dress our best for the Lord. Is this your best? God cares nothing about. Rather, she was dressed a certain way coming in that morning. But that lady, she was crushed. And and the preacher said that she turned around, went right back to her car and left. All because somebody wanted to say, Hey, I'm judging you for what I can see rather than seeing the person, right? Because we've got to be careful about how we talk and what things we allow jump into our minds. We've got to see the person, not the sin. And in that situation, there wasn't sin, right? It was just telling some story about, hey, you got to be a certain way to, to, to come to church, which is not true at all. So what do we do? We, we focus on how do we start to love the person. And, and a huge part of that is making sure that we're checking ourselves first, checking our motives, checking our heart, and all of that. So that when we do begin to engage with someone, we're not upset by just the, the issue that we're seeing, but we're really looking at them as a person. We're beginning to think, man, what's their backstory? Because here's the reality. In almost every judgment that we make, we're making it without all the facts. We don't know the, the the trauma that people have walked through. We don't know their backstory, and, and we just want to nitpick at all these you know sawdust in their eye. And we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't be about that. You know, I, I love what Philippians uh, chapter one verse nine says. In this, uh, it, it's just I feel like it gives us some good principles about how we should judge. It says this: Philippians chapter one verse nine. And this is my prayer, Paul writes, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I love that. He says, I I hope that your love abounds even more. And, and as our love abounds, what, what does it do? It helps us to discern. It helps us to be righteous and, and pure. That's what our judgment should be based on. This idea of, man, I, I'm going to love someone. There's no reason why we should ever need to throw out judgment if it's not based with love. I mean, why are you even going to talk to that person? Right? Why are you even willing to say something if it's not based out of love? And so what do we do, right? We we check ourselves, number one. Number two, we, we see the person, not the sin. And then number three, when we've done that, we help. When we've done that, we help, right? We're not just throwing out criticism, but we're actually actively wanting to participate in helping in some type of way. Right At that point, we, we've removed the plank out of our eye, even though right it, it, we're still going to be sinful and bad, and now we're ready to do something about helping someone else. Rather, that's in uh, you being a mentor to somebody. Rather, that's you sitting down and saying, hey, can we talk about something? I don't know if you've seen this. You, like you, you all realize that we all have blind spots, right? Things about ourselves that other people see that may annoy them, right, that we can't actually see ourselves. You're thinking, yeah, Ben, I know a few for you already, right? And so we all have blind spots. We need people speaking into our lives. But we want to take these steps correctly. You know, so when we start to think to ourselves, well, how do we help? How do we help? Like, what are the steps that we take? I I think one of the uh, instructions that we can look at is what Jesus says for giving us instruction on how we talk to somebody who's in sin. Now, every judgment that we bring, we're not always going to be talking to somebody who's in sin, but in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus lays out some really good points for us about how we can talk to somebody who's dealing with sin, Look at what Jesus says here in Matthew 18, verse 15. He says this, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. This kind of sounds like judging, right? If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. So what's Jesus setting up here? He's saying, if someone's dealing with sin and you feel like you need to go point something out to them, And I I think this principle can be used for even if they're not dealing with sin. He goes, hey, go talk to them one-on-one. right? If you want to help somebody, you've you've gone through these steps, getting your heart in the right place, being empathetic, uh, thinking about them as a person, not just a problem. And and then you're going and and you're going to go help them. Go and talk to them one-on-one. If they don't see it, if they're just obstinate, like, no way, I don't have a problem, but it's really clear that they do have a problem. He says, all right, that didn't work get one or two other people, right? I, these would be people that also are willing to go through these steps of, hey, I've checked myself, I love this person, let's go talk, right? And they, together you guys bring that problem, right? And, and then after that, right, if it's still not working, then you say, hey, I'm gonna get the church involved. And, and you call me up or another pastor and we say, hey, let, let's work on this together, You're like, really? Like all those steps? That sounds difficult, right? What are we willing to do when we love somebody? We're willing to take the right steps so that we can have the right outcome, so that people aren't saying, oh, you guys are just judgmental and you want to point out everybody's problems. No, no. We want everybody to come to know Jesus and begin to accept him. And we all want to be getting better together. Man, I want to be people who do that. And and that's why we're talking about this conversation in this uh, series about being uncommon. What if it began uh, to be uncommon and and people were like, man, Christians, they judge differently. That's what I want us to hear today. Can we be uncommon and judge differently? What if they're like, man, those Christians at Grace, they just like want to help. They just want to love people. They're not going to let me like, stay in my own sin and my own problems. They're going to come alongside me, and they're going to help me in those things. What if we were like that? What if we were more and more like Jesus? We can do it, but it requires work like anything else. We've got to be intentional with this. So uh, here's what we want to do to kind of close out this service today. As we talk about judging something that honestly all of us struggle with, we want to spend some time talking to Jesus and saying, Jesus, here's where I've been messing up with this lately. And so we've intentionally held communion towards the end of service. And, you know, this, the, communion is this beautiful time where, where we get to remember that Jesus died on the cross for our sins but he didn't stay dead, he he resurrected three days later showing that he had power over sin and death and that if we give our lives to him that that we can be saved as well. And so uh, when we reflect, we reflect on this cross moment and we remember, you know what God, today you pointed out some areas that I've been judging wrongly. God, I haven't been taking captive of my thoughts. I, I haven't been watching my words. If that's you today, This moment right now is a special time for you to be able to say, Jesus, let me lay that all at your feet. Jesus, let me give that all to you. If you need to confess some things to Jesus right now, now is the time to be able to do that. So I wanna give you just some space and some time. to the band, they're just gonna be kind of playing over this moment, but I'm gonna give you a few minutes to just say, Jesus, this is where I'm at with this. And then as you take the bread, remember what he, he did for you on the cross. As you take the juice, remember what he did. So church, let's spend a little time focusing on Jesus right now.